Hello, welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment, think healthcare provision during a pandemic, think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Sergio Budkin. Sergio is a director of market development for Virgin Media O2 and is passionate about towns and cities using technology to become smarter, greener and healthier. In the interview, Sergio talks about the solutions which could make a difference, the work Virgin Media O2 is doing to support local authorities with anonymized data, and the potential in artificial intelligence. But first, I ask Sergio to describe the growing problem urban environments face around climate impact. I always like to start like like uh, talking about that cities in itself are are very new and that they are like cha- changing and evolving. So it's like to put it in perspective, like in the early uh, twenty uh, in the early nineteenth century, below two percent of the population were living in cities, and it stayed like that for roughly a hundred years, like below five, you know, and then it started to grow, but only in the twenty first century more people live in cities than in rural areas. And this is something that is also growing. So it's expected that in in 30 years time, 70% of the population or more are going to live in in cities. So in 250 years, we have moved from less than 2% to 70%. And that is why I think it's, it's something that is constantly adapting and evolving. But on the other hand, cities occupy only just 3% 3% of the land, but they consume between 60 and 80% of the energy we generate, and they generate 75% of the carbon emissions. So we have in a very small piece uh, of or percentage of land with most of the human population living on it and consuming most of the energy and generating most of the CO2. I would say that the top three biggest climate challenges cities and towns are facing are energy consumption, pollution, and exposure to natural disasters. It's quite scary when you put it in that context, isn't it, really, when you think about the impact these these environments have. Sergio, do you think um, the people who run cities and towns, local authorities, do you, do you feel like they're they're coming around to the, the challenge that they're facing here? Like, and the, as you said there, it's only going to get a bigger challenge, isn't it? As, as populations become more dense in towns and cities, as energy usage, energy consumption increases more and more, do you feel like they're they're coming around to the need for change? I do, I actually do. Uh, and it is happening everywhere. And, and we need to remember that, of course, each city and each town may have like a different agenda based on, on the priorities of their citizens and, and the resources they, 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 they available for them. But it's interesting that it is more frequent now to be in a meeting with government and meet people working for more government that they have like a master's in, in smart cities or, or or they even have like smart cities departments and initiatives. And, and, and if you look around LinkedIn, you will see like there are a lot of job, job postings all across government. 
hiring data scientists or other type of, of specialists related to smart cities. And of course, then there are like some cities that have very well structured and ambitious plans. So, so yes, I would definitely say that they are fully aware of, of the advantage of onboarding technologies to improve the way a city operates. On the other hand, I think it's not only a technological problem. I mean, it's, it's a huge transformation process uh, while you are running the city. So I think it has to, to, to do with how, how they prioritize the different uh, activities they need to perform, how they involve the communities, and how they create like synergic architectures that would allow them to address or, or to reach and try to, to solve this problem in, in a more effective way. I mean, it, it's a very complex uh, problem in nature. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I don't um, I don't envy anyone whose whose task it is to try and to try and lead this transformation when it's such a you know cities and towns are living beasts, aren't they? they you know they 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 are by their very definition you know hubs of the population and things are changing all the time. Sergio, let's let's talk a bit about the technology then. So obviously you mentioned smart cities there, central to smart city future is is the development of technology and the integration of some of the new amazing technologies that we see in the world today mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that how crucial is technology to overcoming the the challenges that urban environments face yes so so of course technology is crucial i mean and i was as i was saying before it's, it's the vision it's the technology it's it's the change management process it's how you build the capabilities and skills but yes technology is a big part of all these and, and we need to think that the city is really a very complex operational environment. So, so when you bring technology in, what you are doing is trying to digitalize that environment. You, you are trying to digitalize the city. And digitalizing the city and its interactions in a way you can, you can understand and analyze what's going on in real time. So the, the city as, as an environment is constantly changing. Minute by minute is changing. And you need to uh, to, to have like real-time information of how it is changing so you know what to do next. And it's not necessarily that one person needs to understand everything. So let's say we digitalize the city uh, primarily in three ways. So one thing, there is a technology that is called Internet of Things, other technologies that are called video analytics or, or for example, speech recognition. So Basically, uh, I'm going to explain the three very, yeah, just in case. So Internet of Things is, is adding small devices that can capture information. For example, you can track air pollution or the level of light that is needed in a, certain, in a specific street or how full a rubbish bin is or how many available parking spots are there in the city. So it's like small devices that can uh, sense the environment. Video analytics is, is having video cameras that understand what is happening in the image. So it could recognize that a fire started in a rubbish bin, for example, or it can identify a traffic jam or a traffic accident. And speech recognition is understanding basically the meaning of what is being said or written. And it could help, it could help for example, identify what are the, the, the citizens' priorities or, or experiences or, or things like that. So, you aggregate all that information and you can better understand how the city, it's, what is happening in the city. So to give, a, 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 for example, an, an example combining the things, if you go back to rubbish collection, so some areas of the city may need rubbish collection mm -hmm. once a week, while other areas 
for example, where restaurants are, may need rubbish collection three times a day. And today you try to schedule all, all of that in advance. So let's say that the area that needs collection three times a day, the restaurants area, on a particular day, there is an event somewhere else that attracts all the people, all of the consumers. So in that day, no one is going to those restaurants. So that specific day, you may not need collection at all. And one way of approaching the problem is, of course, planning ahead and trying to know everything in advance. Or another way is using these technologies and somehow structure a dynamic plan based on how full the bins are. You send or you don't send a truck to collect the rubbish. And why not that information can be aggregated between several cities even to have like a, a more efficient use of the trucks. And all of that has a huge impact in terms of the way we consume resources, but also you have to, 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 to remember that these trucks are generating CO2 when they are being driving, driven in the streets, of course, if they are not electric. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of the Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this pod, and if you want more, why not head over to techforgood.net for some amazing and thought-provoking stories. You can read about one company's mission to use digital technologies in the fight against HIV or learn how social media can help refugees take control of their narratives. For those insights and more, read and subscribe at techforgood.net. Great stuff, Sergio, and really good to hear those examples. Now, I don't think anyone could deny that the technologies you mentioned there, you know, could could be transformative. But I guess central to all of that is is data and and the the successful ingestion of data and then the use of that data in a really smart way. Is it fair to say that that city planners, town planners, should be making data and, as you said, the real time element of it, making access to that data available straight away? That should be really kind of central to all of this, shouldn't it? Yes, yes, I mean, and, yeah, and actually, when when you analyze those three technologies, actually, what those three technologies are doing is generating the data. So yes, it, it is putting that data in a place that it's available first for the city to run the city, but also to the wider community that it's engaging with that city, because a lot of the innovation is going to come either from the public or from universities or from the businesses that are working in that area. So definitely. A data is key, data is key, and the way you make that data available in real time, it's going to change the dynamic of the city. But it's, it's not as easy as it sounds, is it? Making sure that all of that data is is there and, and is being used in an effective way, it's, it's a tough challenge to overcome, isn't it? Yes, uh, I mean, it's even tougher than what we can explain. <laughs> because, uh, and I don't want to get too technical there, but yes, um, is it's on one hand collecting the data, then making sense of, out of that data, then allowing that data to be combined, and then allowing that data to be used by several different agents or stakeholders. So yes, it's super complex. I mean, we can say it in four four sentences or something like that, but it could take like several years to to make it work, to make it work. Yeah. And there's definitely, I think, Sergio, and another whole podcast dedicated to that topic and the challenges around that. I'm going to move things on now and talk about your company. Tell us a bit about what Virgin Media O2 is doing to support 
um, local authorities in, in helping solve these challenges with technology? Yes, definitely. So we have been working uh, in Berkshire to show how data collected through digital technology could, could help councils improve roles, quality, and public health. Uh, there is a, a project that is called the Times Valley Berkshire Live Labs. Uh, so basically what we do is we use anonymized data alongside information from air quality sensors and even cameras or, or rubbish trucks to help paint a picture of the issues that, that, the, that, that the city is facing, like traffic and air pollution, but even potholes. So for example, uh, the, the, the cameras that are mounted into the rubbish trucks, when they vibrate due to a pothole, they inform that to, 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 to the city so they can dispatch a unit to sort out that, that, that pothole. And, and we also help them understand crowd movements around the city and, 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 and that helps uh, city planners to analyze how changing the town's layout could impact on resident health. So for example, I mean, we, we have seen where, where you locate the different parts in a city, how, encourage, how that encourages specific citizens, I mean, specific areas of the citizens of the, of the, of the town to use those parks. So the, there is a huge amount of data and analysis that, 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 that creates a positive loop and help planners understand how to uh, achieve certain outcomes. And there's O2 motion as well. Maybe tell the listener what that is and how, how that's having a positive impact. Yes. So O2 motion, basically what, what it does, it we take all the information of, of, of how the, the phones are moving. I mean, how people with their phones are moving uh, in a specific geographic area. We anonymize that information so you, you no longer know who is who. Then we aggregate it so we are no longer... longer we no longer speak of specific individuals. And with that level of anonymization and aggregation, we extrapolate behaviors. So for example, we have support the, the Office of, of National Statistics for them to understand uh, what was the impact of non-pharmacological policies and activities during COVID-19. So all the announcement the government have done in specific areas of the countries. We help them understand what was the impact of that and if it was uh, creating better barriers or better uh, arms to fight COVID or not, if it was being successful or not, but even help them understand with what demographics they were being more successful. So when you put all that information together, it's like a, a huge statistical model that explains and describes the UK population. It's really interesting, really interesting stuff, Sergio. Is this something that's fairly new to Virgin Media O2, or is this something that you, you guys have been working on for a while? Yes, we, we have been working with these technologies, I would say, for yeah, several years, but we really were able to, 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 to take this to market and to help uh, organizations, both public and private organizations, uh, use this information in the last two or three years. I mean, it has been a, a long journey uh, to be able to create this technology, to put it in place, and also to secure all that all the information is going to be held private, which is one of our top priorities. I mean, 
and being compliant with all the regulations and ensuring that none of our customers is being exposed is super important for us. And we have been working for several years to ensure that. And now we have a very robust technology that is really helping, again, both public and, corp and private uh, organizations into tapping very complex problems based on this aggregated data. Yeah. And it must be really fulfilling for you personally, I imagine, in your career and for the company as well to, to, to have this positive impact. You know, this is the Tech for Good podcast. This is a real example of technology and, and data, in, specifically in this case, being used to, to kind of change things in a positive way, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, 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 that makes you wake up in the morning with a smile. Because in the end, I mean... Those, those things, the, the different things that, that we need to sort out in a company, like creating value and creating profit, that those things can be super aligned with making or creating or helping create a better society. And I think that it's, it's, it's trying to understand how things fit together. And, and this journey around data to motion, but also around IoT, it's, it's, very, it, it, it's really impactful in that sense it changes the life of people it, it impacts people's life in a positive way and and that is like the ultimate ultimate goal of everything who says children can't change the world our teenage tech stories podcast showcases the extraordinary work of young entrepreneurs on their way to becoming tomorrow's tech leaders listen now via the tech for good podcast stream or by visiting techforgood.net. Obviously, you, you said there it's been you know two or three years. You've had a real positive impact in areas like it must be really exciting to think what the future might hold for the work that you guys are doing. How, how bigger impact do you think you could have with the resources and the data that you have at your disposal? Yes, much much bigger. We are we are working on on, on two lines. One is the incorporating artificial intelligence. To, to augment people decision-making processes. So it's how do you put these tools, these technologies to help people understand and decide faster? Because again, it's a game of speed. I mean, the environment is changing very fast. If you are in, in, in a capability of answering in the right way to those changes, you're going to create a better environment and a positive loop. So, one thing is around artificial intelligence. The other thing is around helping um, dif different data sets, different, uh, yeah, data sets probably is a good, a good way of calling them, uh, come together to enrich the information, to enrich the experience, to, to, to create better insights. So, so, for example, I mean, if you put the, the, the information of O2 motion and you link that, as in the examples we were sharing before, with air pollution, what correlations can, can you infer from that? And how can you work towards improving health of people that may be being exposed to uh, high air pollution? Oh, for example, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's, it's very important to understand what is the, air, the, the pollution in the air around schools on the moments of drop-off or, or pick-up, because that is when the kids are most exposed. So how you can change the way uh, traffic around those schools behave to reduce that pollution. So there's so many many things that that you can that you can come up with when putting things together. That it's really I, mean, I think there is no no end 
to the good you can get out of this. Exactly. And as you said earlier, when you imagine doing that in every town, every city in the UK and beyond, you have you, you have this huge pool of data that can only deliver more and more insights, right? It's, yeah, the potential is enormous. Can I ask you, Sergio, where do you think currently right now, as we sit here coming towards the end of 2021, how smart are cities here in the UK, for example? Do you feel they are 10% as smart as they can be, 20%? Like, it, obviously, they've got a long way to go, but what what is the state of play at the moment, do you think? Yeah, I mean, that, that, is, that is one question that I would probably, indirectly, will, I will end up, avoiding not, not because not because there is not a kpi that we can define to measure that but because what i have seen in the last several years is that it's better to measure the real outcome you are looking for so in the end we're trying to improve people's life or, or livelihood or, or create a more equal society so instead of measuring how smart we are or, or the smartness of the city, I think that we need to be held accountable of how much have we improved those KPIs? How, how, much, how many people are getting a healthier life today? How have we reduced inequality? And, and I think government should only look, and, and citizens should only look to those KPIs. And on a, on a final point, Sergio, um, we, you know, we've spoken about the the potential here and you've said it there and you know there is so much potential but we've also addressed the challenges around it and and the work that's still to be done do you do you ultimately see a positive future here where towns and cities are augmented by great technology and better use of data and really a, a better world quite frankly do you, are you an optimist in that regard do you see your work ultimately being carried out yeah i, I was going to say i i'm i'm, I'm an optimist in nature maybe you can already tell that but yeah I'm, i am so i tend to see that like when we were discussing the concentration of 70 percent of the population in three percent of the land with all that energy consumption and with all that carbon emission i see an opportunity because instead of being spread across everywhere it's concentrated so if we use the technologies in those places where where the concentration is and we solve the problem there and we create a more sustainable approach to the way we live there, it has a massive impact. So, so I tend to think that, that, that the concentration is a big opportunity. I mean, cities are a big opportunity. I mean, it's very challenging, but it's a big opportunity. That was the Tech for Good podcast. Listen, subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Stitcher.